Okay, here we are, and I'm standing here with Christian Pilkington from our own Trade Aid store here in Wellington, and it's World Fair Trade Day, Chris. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Really enjoying myself. Yeah, good. <laughs> good. It looks like you are. Um, so what are you doing down at, at, down at Trade Aid today? We've got a children's party. We're celebrating all the good things about Trade Aid and fair trade Yay. and all the good things that happen for children. Yes, and they are gorgeous. Yes. As yes, well, my goodness, <laughs> got got my cute buds going. So, Chris, how long has Trade Aid been in Wellington for now? We'll be forty in August of this year. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so, oh. Trade Aid New Zealand was forty last year. And so we're celebrating. So we're one of the oldest. Yes, yes. And how long have you been with Trade Aid Wellington for? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, someone said to me it was nearly 10 years and I nearly fell over. Right. I, I presume, yeah, that must be close. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's amazing. And so the, with the founders, and I see that there's a book out now, which yes, I just saw on yes, coming yes. in. What was it all, you know, 41 years ago that inspired them to create this business? Well, they went over, they were working with uh, a resettlement program for uh, refugees, Tibetan refugees in India. And they realised that it wasn't just about a one one fix, bringing back a, right. a load of carpets, which is what they did. They thought that, no, we can only make change if we have a, a long-term relationship. And that's how it all started. Wow. The long-term relationships, looking at the whole social justice issues around trade. Right, yes. right. Yeah. And so 40... One years 41 later. years and Vi is Vi Cottrell the founder is still right. involved great yes, as yes. well gosh it must be yeah. incredible because so we've seen a shift in the whole idea of fair trade and so we've got fair trade fortnight which we're celebrating yeah, yeah. at the moment what have you the changes that you've seen over time um, I think we were all seen as um, incense burning hippies mm. And it was an alternative store, and you didn't really come in, you yeah. know. Kids, kids came in, maybe. Um, and now it's, I mean, I would say the Wellington store is, is can very much compete with a mainstream store. Uh, we've got, you know, quality and and a range of products that can compete in the market. I right, mean, it's right. an amazing shift. Yes. Yeah. Um, and also about? in Wellington. Yes. Uh, Wellington, I'm I'm blessed with a very well informed uh, community. Right. Yeah. Very yep. supportive. We're a fair trade city, and so people come in here and they really embrace the issues. Yeah, and very supportive. Oh, that's yeah. great. Go Wellington, actually. Yeah, They've absolutely. always been good like. Yeah. That. And I don't think we realise how no. Wellingtonians actually do yeah. have a, a swing to yeah. buying or thinking ethically. Yeah, they think it through, they make yes. informed choices. Uh, but the other thing, I suppose, on a, a broader issue is there's um, a much more, we're much more conscious consumers now. Mm. We are really thinking about what we're doing. Right. The environmental impact on things, the sustainability issues, and um, and this all feeds into fair trade. That's right. Absolutely. And so what are the benefits to the suppliers that you've seen over the years? Well, one of the things, and this is why I'm celebrating the children, the children Children are the ones oh, that are going to benefit right, yep. because they get the chance for education, you know, better, better homes and, mm. and health care, and then they're able to make choices. They don't automatically have to follow mum and dad right. and slog hard at a lot of manual work. Yeah, and so yeah, I'm celebrating those things for children. 
So yay, now I'm down um, with Rochelle at the Wellington Chocolate Factory, which is having some serious success. Can't keep up with making your chocolate, can you, Rochelle? No. <laughs> yeah, it just keeps going really fast. Yeah, it's amazing. So yeah. um, now your chocolate is, well, part, all your sugar is fair trade, and yes. some of your chocolate cacao beans yes. are. Yes, so um, we've got our Peru bean and our um, Dominican Republic bean are, are fair trade uh, certified. Um, so it's going to be fair trade all the way, right. if not direct trade in a way. Like we, we see fair trade as like a, a, a connection to helping us take the next step to be a little bit more direct trade. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. in a way. So they've been fair trade and trade aid have been a, a fantastic support for our company to help us to take it to the next level. That's great. Why yeah. did you want to commit to fair trade chocolate, Rochelle? Chocolate has been taken for granted for way too many years. There are so many little cocoa farms out there who are just not producing mm. anymore and have not been producing for 10, 10 years, 20 years, right. 30 years because they just don't get the price that they need to produce the cocoa. Yeah. So they've just the farms have just been sort of just left. And so does this lead to lead to like the bigger farms doing better like that and the little traders just um, finding it harder and harder? I guess the little traders are finding it harder and harder. Mm. You'll find that a lot of well, fair trade have been going into so many places and trying to build up a cooperative so they can connect a little bit better together. Which is a good right, thing. Right, that makes sense. Yes, yeah. so they they themselves become a bit of an entity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. you, it's um, some beans you can't ferment in small batches, and you really do need a lot of sort of support, community support from growing and making chocolate. It's not an easy project. No, 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 neither are. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. The process of making chocolate is not easy. Yeah, yeah. With fair trade, what benefits have you, are you aware of, of or have you seen in the communities? Um, um, we're seeing um, a better product, so they're helping and educating the farmers to, um, to produce better cocoa beans right good and making them a little bit more comfortable in their living styles mm, mm. so that it's good and it also helps our business as well not just the farmers so it goes all the way so it helps us by connecting with these farmers and getting a, a fair price for our cocoa beans as well right and then also having that direct contact with the grower which must yes. be a really yeah. nice feeling yeah, yeah. Well, it, it is like we've been working with um we've we've recently spoken to over this last month it's all seemed yeah, to be happening at once <laughs> we've had a farmer from um the philippines who has wow. inherited a whole lot of land up there through families and all the cocoa production has just been left so now they're rebuilding it up so maybe wow. in a couple of years we can start producing some cocoa from the Philippines we've been connected for another company from um, Bougainville in Papua New Guinea wow. so in their, yeah. their chocolate flavour is insane yep. we've had some samples and it, it's, they smoke dry their beans there so it's like smoky bacon <laughs> smoky really, bacon yeah, chocolate so, it's a savory. so all these special little unique cocoa farms mm. just we've just sort of lost the flavour and the of the chocolate and we're all quite used to that sort of one standard flavour of chocolate but there are a lot out there. And now today for Fair Trade Fortnight we're sitting here with Matt and Kate from All Good Bananas and Karma Cola and Gingerella. 
That's right. And yeah. we've got Lemmy, which is a lemonade as well, Laurie. Yay. Oh, my we've goodness. just bought out a range of new drinks called All Good and Sparkling. Oh, I haven't seen these. Well, I'll have to drop some in for you. Okay, this is good. How long has All Good been going for, Matt? We started in about 2008, but the first two years were largely trying to come up with good ideas or right. working on products that we thought might um, communicate the right things and many of them falling over at the last minute. <laughs> so it wasn't until 2010 when we started bringing in fair trade bananas. Wow. Why did you want to commit to a fair trade product? We had seen uh, other fair trade um, uh businesses operating very well and, and doing the right thing by their their growers. And we understood that that's what consumers were looking for, but right. we couldn't find in New Zealand. Mm. We saw it happening in Europe and really growing there. And we felt that, that we wanted to bring that to the Pacific, where there were no fair trade certified producers. Wow. And that seemed odd, given that in the past, New Zealand's got a lot of its tropical fruit, mm. a, a lot of its craft from the Pacific. But that was missing, um, other than trade aid, of course. Yeah, yeah, who'd been doing it for a while. So where do the bananas come from? They actually come from Ecuador, Yay. which is a bit further afield than we thought we yeah. were going to have to go. And so last year we had, you bought out Wilson that, and Kelly. That's right. Wilson and Kelly came all the way from the highlands of the, of the foothills of the Andes to come to Wellington and meet some of the people who have been buying their bananas for the last three years. Wow. And so what, what was good for them to come and meet, the, meet their market, I guess? They really enjoyed the fact that New Zealand consumers were really appreciating mm. their bananas and that they could see that all their efforts, and they have to work, even right. as a fair trade farmer, really long hours and tough conditions mm. to get us great bananas, that that was appreciated and that what they were doing up there in the rainforests in the Andes was um, was really being appreciated by Wellingtonian consumers. And it was really cool to see Kelly, who had just started at university, and she'd been unable to do that by the very fact that the bananas were fair trade and people in New Zealand were supporting Wilson and growing them. There were some really clear benefits that as a family they were able to gain through the fair, being part of the fair trade co-op. Exactly. What, what were they exactly? Well, they were things like the access to markets. Right. So as a very small grower with just a few hectares mm. of wild bananas, it's difficult for him to compete with big corporates on his own. But as a co cooperative, a fair trade cooperative that is offering training and access to markets, then he can actually get a place to consistently sell bananas across the whole year. And then there's a whole lot of other benefits that go with that in terms of medical support, uh, life insurance, so that when his, uh, either his health or his, the health of his plantation due to climate conditions is affected, then he can continue to get an income. Wow. And then there's the schooling, of course, as Kate mentioned, mm. of, of Kelly. And there's a, a constant price that doesn't fluctuate with the very significant up and downs of the global market. So then if farmers can afford to buy organic fertiliser or et cetera for the next year rather than not being able to, to afford that at all and not being able to grow any more crops. Wow. So the, it's almost like a security, isn't there, in the decisions that they're, made, they're able to make through knowing that they've got this constant market. Exactly. Yep. That's it which means they can plan. Mm, and I think it's hard for all of us if we couldn't plan what was happening 
the next week or month or year or yeah that's what fair trade delivers exactly nice work and so what other what growth are we seeing in wellington in the fair trade movement kate what have You've got some exciting info there. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> our drinks, Carmacola, Gingerella and Lemmy Lemonade. The headline act is Carmacola and yep. we get the cola nut from West Africa in Sierra Leone and we work really closely with a great community called Boma. Wow. And so we buy the, the cola nut at a fair trade price and we give two cents back per bottle for that community to do projects that they see fit. So they've built, they've done some great stuff. They've built a bridge over a river. They've worked mm. on education and a well for the village. So that's again security to to look after their coal and nut plantation and to provide for people in their village. And it's great to see Wellington bars, cafes, restaurants really jumping on board and wanting to support them. Yeah, what what do you think it is about Wellingtonians? We seem to just have that knack for going there. Is, is it in our DNA? <laughs> I think so. People, once they hear a really cool story and they can see the direct supply chain and the effects that they're able to make, there's no stopping them. They just grab a hold of Mm. it and really support it. And it's so great to see. That's great. And what keeps you both doing your wonderful jobs, bringing us these amazing all good bananas and these amazing drinks? I think it's consumer demand. I mean, yep. that's part of it. We are all passionate about it, and everybody mm. in the team is right into making sure that we're doing the right thing from from the start of the supply chain all the way to the cafe or yeah. restaurant or supermarket. And it, doing that right thing, you're just constantly looking for new products that will help people um, overseas. And uh, we, that's really what's kept us in the game. People just love connecting with people just like them on the other side of the world and helping them via, via their p- purchasing behaviour. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that connection, that, that realness perhaps and that knowledge of what's going on. We are talking to Business Development Manager for Fair Trade New Zealand, Pravin Sormi. Pravin, how are you today? Hi there, Laurie. Yes, I'm um, fine, thanks. Good, good, to, good to be talking to you. Yeah, great. You had a very big week last week with Rose in town. We certainly did. Yeah, we had a had a, a, a lovely lady. Her name was uh, Rose uh, Mensah, a, a cocoa farmer from Ghana, who who came to uh, visit us and spend some time talking to kind of all the um, grassroots supporters and retailers, um, just around you know how fair trade's been uh, impacting her and her community, which has been absolutely fantastic to hear. That's that is amazing. Was she was the trip beneficial from her perspective? Um, I think so because. I mean, a lot of cocoa farmers, have, they get to the point where they've, they've kind of grown their cocoa and it's bagged, uh, but then they don't know what, what really happens to it beyond that. And um, I think it was really nice for her to, to kind of see the rest of the, uh, the kind of supply chain and see where, where her cocoa ends up and how it's kind of been manufactured into chocolate. Uh, and then also obviously talking to people that are buying the cocoa and hearing you know what their thoughts are on the quality and and all of that kind of kind of stuff and seeing 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 consumers who are happy and really supportive of, of fair trade and and buying her buying her cocoa yeah that, that it must be an incredible experience I mean how often would she leave Ghana uh, she has never abroad. Mm. Ever. So wow. Was, uh, yeah, this was her first trip overseas. Oh my goodness. And, um, yeah, she picked the furthest 
point in the world that she could come to from Ghana, I think. <laughs> wow, yeah, that is incredible. And so did she, you know, I mean, I had the wonderful opportunity of meeting Rose, but it must have been quite an experience for her to actually see that support. What Did she say anything in particular when she left? I think she was, She was. Uh, she, we were reflecting on it um, at, at the airport, actually, because I dropped her off yesterday. Right. She was saying um, how how humbling it was for her to be uh, out there sort of meeting people um, who, you know, obviously have, are big supporters of fair trade all across the country. And uh, she was really humbled to see that there are people out there that do care about the issues and are very keen to, you know, get behind it and um, come out and hear a, hear a producer ask some great questions and, got a, you know, she got a real sense of, um, of support from us down here in New Zealand through you know through what we're doing by buying fair trade chocolate. Yeah, who go Rose? Well, I mean, I think when you see her smiling face, I'll be buying more fair trade chocolate. You can't resist, <laughs> really, can you? Yeah. <laughs> and what is the purpose of fair trade bringing Rose out to New Zealand for us to meet for fair trade fortnight? We always talk about fair trade and you know the benefits of fair trade and and. And what it's about, you know, the idea of, you know, providing farmers with a, a sustainable livelihood, offering, making sure that they're getting sort of fair prices and, and, right. a, and a premium to invest in their community. Um, but I think it's only really does it hammer home when you actually hear it firsthand from someone mm. who is actually benefiting on the ground. And, and that's the whole point of us sort of promoting fair trade over fair trade fortnight and, and bringing out producers like Rose to come and uh, come and visit and and share her experiences. She's in a co-op, isn't she? Is that how it works? Yeah, so she, she's a member of uh, Coopa Coco. Right. It's, it's a cooperative um, that was um, set up in 1993 um, and became a fair trade certified co-op two years later in 95. Um, it had about, in the beginning, it was just a couple of thousand members, uh, but over the last almost 20 years, it's grown to over 85,000 wow. members, oh, which, is, wow. which is a really big and really successful fair trade yes. Um And, yeah, the kind of benefits that, you know, that are are being um, sort of driven through the, the uh, through receiving a fair trade premium are, there's lots of tangible things and, and other other benefits of just being part of that cooperative where, for her, she was saying one of the key things there was women in, women empowerment. Right. Um, and you know, lots of lots of women um, have you know really been sort of nurtured through leadership projects, mm. and, um, leadership programs rather, and um, getting some you know getting into some really important positions within the cooperative. Um, I mean, over the last uh, the last two leaders of of uh, the last two presidents of of uh, Coco have both been women. Which fantastic. Is fantastic. Uh, and then there also um, there's this kind of uh, drive through um, make sure there's training programs to give women um, other income streams as well. You know, mm. kind of business diversification. So they're not only reliant on cocoa. Uh, Rose herself has benefited from um, a project um, that was um, showing women how to make sort of batik designs for for dress wear and that kind of thing, which. Which they can then go to, um, you know, the local towns and offer businesses that services for suits, uh, which has been another income stream for them. Um, and then also, um, 
yeah, kind of water wells, uh, which they've now had in their, in Rose's community. Wow. Um, yeah, prior to fair trade, um, the closest uh, water was about half an hour's walk away. Um, oh my gosh! And, yeah, and they were they were sharing a stream with you know sort of wild animals and and things, and there was a lot of waterborne diseases as a right. result. Yeah. Um, so actually, having having a water well right bang in the middle of the community is providing fresh portable drinking water to the whole village, um, not just the fair trade members, but also you know, the wider commun- community. Yeah, and um, and fair trade has also provided a mobile health clinic for their for their community, so and everyone's got easy access to to healthcare, which would otherwise be a, a three hour bus ride away to to get to. It's just too much for us to even think about just having to walk half an hour to get our water or three hours to the doctor, isn't it? Yeah, it it is. That, and that's the thing I think you know with um, with fair trade it's about community development mm. and it's providing those ba- those in these really poor communities the yeah. basic services that we all take for granted uh, which they don't have access to so um, it it really is about community development they've also had things like schools uh, that have been uh, built closer to these local communities right uh, and you know providing kind of housing for teachers to kind of encourage teachers to come out and teach in these uh, rural communities as well. Um, so yeah, there's been a lot of different sort of benefits that have been uh, derived through through the uh, the fair trade premium that Rose has experienced firsthand. So not only just for the fair trade farmers, but for the community as a whole, mm. there's just so many benefits there. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Rose as a, as a farmer herself um, through fair trade, she's um, you know obviously getting um, when she's done her harvesting of her cocoa. Um, prior to to fair trade, she would probably just sell it to um, a middleman, right? Um, and you know she would she would probably be waiting a while to get a, to get paid, and she wouldn't know how much she was going to get paid. Uh, but through through fair trade, there's greater transparency of that transaction uh, between uh, Quapa Coco and herself as a member. When she sells her her cocoa on on fair trade terms, she gets she gets paid up front. Mm. Um, you know the weighing of the bags happens in front of her, so she knows exactly um, how much it weighs, and it's all clear and transparent. And she knows what the price is going to be. Um, and I suppose in addition to that, she's also getting a bonus as being part of the uh, the, the cooperative for for the cocoa she grows. And she's had a lot of um, training uh, in you know sustainable farm management. Yes, uh, and, yes. And helping her to kind of increase her yields of cocoa because I think on her her farm, which is only about uh, seven and a half um, hectares. Uh, before she was um, probably um, able to kind of harvest about twelve bags of cocoa um, from that from that farm, and now that's through through fair trade and the training she's received, and um, that's increased to over sixty four bags per year, which is like a five fold increase in cocoa from the same area of land so you know mm. her income's gone up fivefold yeah, as well. yeah. so Pravin just a little bit about you and the fair and fair trade New Zealand so how long has the fair trade association been going in New Zealand for um, fair trade uh, ANZ has been um, operating in New Zealand for nine years wow that's quite new really isn't it it is quite new yeah mm. I mean relative to other markets like in Europe they've been established for you know over I think 25 years was actually the anniversary right um, in the Netherlands, where it was one of the first 
um, countries in Europe to you know establish a fair trade mark yep. and and set up the certification system. Yeah, great. And so for you, you've so now we're seeing some serious growth in fair trade, and you pulled up some stats the other night in a very fancy graph. Can you simplify those down for our listeners so that they know how much growth we've seen and in what particularly? So if I'm if we're looking at the last five years of fair trade, just to kind of simplify it a bit more, we're talking about on average um, growth of about 40% each year, year on year, So, which is really mm. pretty, uh, pretty good it's, growth. Anyone uh, would be happy with that trade. growth. Yeah. Our main product categories are um, sort of uh, fair trade certified chocolates, um, coffee, um, bananas uh, are, the, are the big three, and then we have cotton and tea right. uh, as other kind of smaller smaller categories as well and over the last year the, the um, uh, retail sales um, were estimated to be at about nearly 70 million dollars that main growth over the last year has been um, uh, cocoa and chocolate products uh, which account for about maybe 30 30 million and then the wow. rest of it is yeah, the, the kind of coffee and, and uh, bananas um, and, and, other, and other products. That's outstanding. So we're a very uh, chocolate and coffee drinking nation. But I, I do, I do envisage over the next um, two to three years, we'll see bananas grow quite significantly. Right. I mean, bananas have only kind of come into the market in the last couple of years. Fair trade bananas, um, but you know, already, um, you know, year on year, they're, they're growing about eighty percent. So they're, they're growing really strongly, um, and uh, we've got them in most supermarkets now across the country. Uh, and we just need to make, you know, increase the consumption, really. <laughs> so eat more bananas, people. Eat more bananas, <laughs> eat more chocolate, drink more coffee. <laughs> Do well, it all. <laughs> it, could, it could be worse.